0: Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove and today I'd like to talk about metaphysics. I imagine many of you, when you think of the term metaphysics, it relates to a local bookstore. Sometimes they're even called metaphysical bookstores and typically they're books about various forms of spirituality and esoteric culture. Sometimes metaphysics refers to invisible entities that people relate to, spirit guides, for example. Uh, The term actually has its origins in regular mainstream philosophy. In fact, uh, it goes back to Aristotle. And many people consider metaphysics to be a branch of philosophy. Um, recently, I conducted an interview with the philosopher Jason Reza Giorgiani. Uh, called What is a Philosopher?, and you'll see that uh, in the upper right corner now of your screen. We're linking to that interview right now because he makes the point that metaphysics really isn't a separate branch of philosophy. He regards it as part of ontology, which is the a branch of philosophy that asks the question what is real? What is the nature of ultimate reality? And surely, philosophers who deal with metaphysics, uh, that's their concern. Now, I should say there's been a prejudice against metaphysics, and it goes back to the 1920s, the Vienna Circle, which was very influential in philosophy. Uh, They developed a school of thought known as Logical Positivism, which is still a, a very influential school, although I think their influence is on the wane. and Basically, they say that in order to formulate a meaningful proposition, there has to be some way to test it. In fact, according to the great philosopher of science, Karl Popper, there has to be a way to falsify it. You have to be able to come up with some evidence, some empirical evidence, that might falsify your worldview. And, people say, well, there's no way. How do you falsify a metaphysical proposition? How can I either prove or falsify that there's an angel sitting on my shoulder right now? and maybe a devil sitting on this one, or vice versa. How do? There's no way, through normal means, to either validate or falsify that. So, according to the logical positivists, this is meaningless and should be discarded completely. There's a, a famous phrase from Wittgenstein, which is uh, something to the effect that that which we cannot discuss, we should pass over in silence that which we can't measure, we should pass over in silence, that there's, there's no way to make a, a determination one way or the other, and therefore it's just out of bounds, no point discussing it at all. And Which is one of the reasons I think that parapsychology gets lumped in is also out of bounds, can't talk about it. Now, Parapsychologists, of course, disagree. We say there are many ways to measure these things, and uh, if we boil them down to extrasensory perceptions, psychokinesis, uh, reincarnation evidence, and so on, that there's actual uh, behavioral and physical ways of measuring these things. But others would argue not. Now, another approach to metaphysics would come from the work of the great sociologist Piterum A. Sorokin. He emphasized metaphysics at the core of his sociological thinking. Now, the interesting thing is this. The American Sociological Society gives an annual award each year for the best contribution to the field of sociology, the Pitterum A. Sorokin Award. They honor him because he's really one of the founders of the field of sociology in the United States, perhaps the founder. But They don't really pay much attention to Sorokin's theories, because the idea that metaphysics could be the basis of uh, sociological systems Is sort of out of favor these days. The Marxist approach is really more in favor, to my knowledge, although it's been a while since I've studied sociology. But when I was a graduate student, and I don't think it's changed – I studied uh, sociology quite a bit in my years as a criminology graduate student – and the approach there was that social systems are based on institutions and power structure and things that can be seen and measured physically. It's the basis of most science. But Sorokin maintained, in effect, that metaphysical systems are the glue that holds a whole culture together. So, let us say in the Roman era, Although they were polytheists and worshiped the emperor as a god and such, Romans were largely materialists, according to Sorokin. And then that's what held their culture together. Then, in the age of um, the high middle ages, 11th, 12th, 13th centuries, for example, where the great economic activity was building cathedrals, the artwork was all religious. uh, he maintained that what he called an idealistic metaphysical system, a system that valued the inner reality of the mind as uh, the basis of reality. One might say the mind of God even, that uh, this physical world was just a veil of tears through which we pass on our way to a more ultimate reality. and That was the glue, according to Sorokin, that held the whole society together. Then, Western society, since the Renaissance, changed and once again became materialistic with the uh, idea that man is the measure of all things. The artwork changed. Now, since the 20th century, if you look at modern art, one can say that this materialistic metaphysics is breaking down. Our culture is no longer really quite held together by materialistic metaphysics. It's being challenged on all fronts. So, there is a sense that even if we can't measure and test metaphysical theories, they play an important role in our lives and should be of great interest to philosophers, to sociologists, and to psychologists as well. Many people in the field of parapsychology uh, have a deep interest in metaphysics, and I don't mean in terms of spirit guides, but they think that the evidence that parapsychologists come up with, the physical evidence, the empirical evidence of parapsychology, suggests that we cannot explain it in terms of materialistic metaphysics, we have to go back to either dualism, that there are two ultimate realities, mind and matter, or maybe even idealism or panpsychism. Idealism meaning all is mind, panpsychism meaning there's one reality, which is both mind and matter, but that you cannot arrive at the data of parapsychology from a purely materialistic metaphysics. Now, there are others who would argue against that. Ed May, as I've pointed out in previous segments, is a parapsychologist who would say he's a physicalist, meaning a materialist. So. He doesn't accept the evidence, for example, for reincarnation and life after death, but he claims that you could falsify his materialism if you could prove convincingly to him that life after death is real. And I believe I've covered this in an earlier segment, but I'll say it again. I disagree with that on this. I think that. Materialists could conceivably explain reincarnation, life after death, spiritual worlds, by uh, opening up a, to a larger definition of space and time, to bring in hyperspace, higher dimensions of space, within which these kinds of phenomena, let's say the afterlife, might actually Uh, exist and could be mapped out mathematically, because we have very advanced mathematics now of higher dimensions of space. Sometimes nine, ten, and there's something even called Hilbert space, which is infinitely many dimensions of space. Now, it's worth pointing out that there are other philosophers, including Wittgenstein, who is the one famous for sort of throwing metaphysics out the window. In his later writings, he changed his mind about that. And uh, There are a lot of philosophers, for many reasons, who feel that metaphysics uh, merits our deeper consideration. William James, of course, who suggests that we can look at these things pragmatically. What are the practical consequences in the real world of holding different metaphysical positions? So, that's a brief overview for you. And Really, the question that I'd like to leave you with is, where do you stand in terms of metaphysics? Do you just dismiss it all? Do you hold to one view, uh, perhaps a spiritualistic metaphysics or a materialistic metaphysics? How would it be for you if you were to change your metaphysical position? Are you capable of doing that or are you so strongly wedded to one view or the other? I can tell you for myself, I'm inclined to think that we don't yet have good ways of distinguishing between Different metaphysical positions. Maybe in 50 or 100 years from now, we will. So I encourage people to use metaphysics as a language, and it's good to understand different metaphysical positions, like you might understand French or German or Spanish or Italian words that you can use in your conversation. It's good to be conversant with various metaphysical. Position. So I encourage you to uh, explore metaphysics. And of course, you'll know in most of my videos, we do touch on one or another viewpoint from a metaphysical standpoint. Thank you so much for being with me.